And we're back here with Senior Smarts, and we're in the series of the five pillars with Dr. Eric Trias. You know the saying, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. It's true. These days, people are sick, and there's loads of information about how to be healthy. They say, make sure you do this or that. And then in the same breath, you can hear other sources cite the exact opposite. Now what? You want we all want, the best chance of feeling good and living long, right? What people need is the latest science, studies, and statistics. You can double-check this yourself. We have with us today Dr. Eric Trias, and he's here to help. Your job is to listen and do something. If you want, it's your choice. Dr. Eric is reputable. U of M Medical School, Family Practice, 31 years at a Twin Cities HMO, 12 years as a medical director, 17 years as a clinical professor of, of family practice, and retired in 2014. Here's the thing. He's not paid by St. Crispin or anyone. He's not selling anything. His talks here and elsewhere are his gift, his contribution for a better world. He would like to be seen as a healer, not a clinician. So he's here free and trying to help as many people as possible. He's even willing to talk to your group. Just reach out to St. Crispin and talk, ask for the chaplain, that's me, and I can get you in contact. These five pillars are the foundation of being and staying healthy. They are cheap, not another pill. They're effective and they're simple, but you need to do the work. These five pillars will give you the best chance of feeling good and living long. Who doesn't want that? Remember the first quote about being healthy? Here's the follow-up by the same author. We all have circumstances. Choose not to live in your circumstance, but live in your vision. What is your vision? Live it. So this is our third show. And the last one, Dr. Eric, welcome back. Thank you very much. You talked about nutrition, and you're talking about the microbiome and the good bacteria and bad bacteria, and this is foundational for how our body feels. And you were saying as far as the practicality of it, what about our food? You said don't buy or store food in plastic. Buy stuff with less or no preservatives, no hormones, no GMO, no antibiotics, and no pesticides. Already there, I feel overwhelmed, and I think, well, what's safe to eat, and how do I know for sure? That's really a very good question. Um, and I think that the movement towards uh, organic foods is, is a very good step there. Um, there's some questions on, uh, do we, you know, some, and I don't want to get political, but some of say, well, we don't need to have regulation on that. No, that's maybe, I don't know about the banking industry. I don't know any other industries, but I know medicine and we need more regulation into knowing what we put in our mouth. Uh, and, and, and organic is a good way to go because you, if it's truly organic, you know, you're getting the least amount of pesticides herbicides, fungicides, least amount of preservatives, least amount of Roundup, you know, all these things that have, are now being shown to be unhealthy for us. So that is a very good way to go. Um, so certainly organic foods. But there's, there's other things that, that we need to kind of stay away from as well. Um, things that, and again, it's very important, I think, for everybody to listen to the first and second um, episodes of this series, 
Because, like you said, it's foundational. Everything builds on itself. It's like mathematics. I mean, you got to know how to add to then figure out how to subtract and then to figure out how to do multiplication and division. So everything builds on itself. So everything I've talked about before is now going to be um, flowed through this talk and, and subsequent ones. So please um, find out more what I've said about the microbiome. But in short, the microbiome <laughs> is the is the uh, contents of our colon that has, among other things, bacteria and uh, viruses, etc., that emit chemicals that are either good for us or bad. There are good bacteria that, that emit things that we need that help us absorb vitamins, etc. But then there's the bad uh, microbiome, so to speak, that has bad bacteria that those chemicals cause illness. So one of the ways to stay away and to from a bad microbiome and, and produce a good to bad ratio or a good microbiome is stay away from hormones as much as you can. And that's a tough one because sometimes you're on it for medical reasons. So you need to really flush that out with your provider. Stay away from preservatives. Stay away from antibiotics, herbicides, pesticides. And then there are some medications that actually cause problems. Long-term chronic use of what's called PPIs does disrupt your microbiome. It also reduces your ability to absorb calcium. So if you have osteoporosis or you're getting older and you have trouble with brittle bones, you really don't want to be on a PPI unless you really, really have to. And when it comes down to it, most people don't have to be on it long-term that are on it long-term. Another one that people do a lot is your anti-inflammatory medications. Your um, I can't say the actual names because uh, is I'm ibuprofen generic? Uh, ibuprofen is a generic term. Thank okay. you. Ibuprofen, naproxen, you know those those medications occasionally are great. I used to take a ton of it because I've had multiple injuries through football and sports and whatnot, and and I used to take a lot of them. I don't take any now because of in a future segment we'll talk about herbs and supplements that I take now that are shown over countless years to uh, be good for us and not cause harm. So um, so stay away from daily use of those anti-inflammatories, the ibuprofen and, and naproxen. And other things that will foster a healthy microbiome is what's called a probiotic. And I know there's lots of different versions and what, what should you get, what should... Well, there's, there's actually uh, five notable bacteria that we should have in a probiotic. And I'm not going to give you the names of those because uh, they're... It's kind of technical, but get one that has a lot of bacteria in it. And you say, wow, I'm swallowing bacteria. Yeah, you're putting bacteria into your gut so that it will help ward off and cause the good ratio of good bacteria to bad bacteria. But the problem is every food, every meal we take in has loads of preservatives that will kill off the good bacteria. So that's why you really should be taking this stuff on a daily basis. Um, another thing that actually fosters the good environment for our, our microbiome is something called chicory root. Another one is Jerusalem, art, Jerusalem artichoke, garlic, onions, leeks, asparagus, yucama, sweet potatoes. Uh, all of those foster and give good nutrition to the good bacteria as well as fiber. We need more fiber in our life. And the good news is if you eat green and leafy vegetables, you're getting good fiber. If you eat a whole orange instead of orange juice, and we can get in it later, but don't do juices like pop. Oh, pop is one of the worst things that's been introduced to our, to our environment. Maybe the number one bad 
bad food that we consume, um, but because it has so much sugar or, in general, carbohydrates in it, and we'll talk about that later. Carbohydrates are also one of the things that cause an ill microbiome. They feed the back bad bacteria. So, okay, <clears throat> he said a lot of doctor stuff and big words and all that kind of stuff. Even when he was listing off some of the foods and stuff, he was saying things, and I was thinking. Don't know what that is. Never heard of it. Okay. Don't know where to find it. All that kind of stuff. So I want to do a little summary and you let me know if this makes sense to you. Okay. When we're talking about foods, the number one thing that I was thinking of as you were talking about these different kinds of foods um, is when you say um, no plastics, no GMO and all that kind of stuff. What I thought of first is, well, you can have these healthy foods if you grow them yourself, if you have a garden. If, if you're able to have, you know, for the few months that we have here in Minnesota, at least, if you have a garden and you can do some canning, um, is that generally, from what you understand, a safe way for people to oh, eat sure. it? If they could do as, as big of a garden and healthy Absolutely. with that? Okay. Yes. So that's one thing. Without chemicals. Without right. chemicals, yeah. Right, don't, right. Yeah, don't use your Roundup sure. around it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if we can do that, um, stop the pop. I'm going to say it again. Stop the pop. Pop is bad. It's absolutely evil, and it's horrible for your body. And good foods to have that I recognize, and I can easily remember, and I know we eat in my family, garlic, onion, sweet potatoes, asparagus. Those ring regular bells for me. And then, like you said, the dark leafy. So um, broccoli and spinach. Yes. Can you think of some other just um, basic regular ones? Sure, that, that we, we have around here and whatnot. And it's, those are in the uh, cruciferous vegetables. So cauliflower, even though it's not green, has a lot of good stuff to you. I don't like it. I put balsamic <laughs> vinegar on mine, which is a good thing. Um, but I eat it, and uh, my wife does a nice job of making it palatable. So, um, yeah, so your, your green vegetables, spinach, I tell you, spinach and broccoli, I mean, if if there is a table set before us that is the best thing that we should eat from, spinach is on it, broccoli Absolutely. is on it, and um, and eggs is also on it. I know that's been of some controversy, and we can kind of talk about that a bit too. So uh, there are good foods out there, but you don't want to have the fast-digesting vegetable because it all has to do with how fast... And, and, and those that we've talked about, they are all our carbohydrates. They're, they're more complex. They are hydrolyzed so they don't absorb as quickly. So they go through their transit time, so to speak, or, or how much time they're in your colon is slow so that you can slowly get all the good stuff in, in it and feed your, your good bacteria, but you don't get that sugar spike from things like potatoes, regular white potatoes. Bad news. Uh, yeah. Hey, how about uh, like canned vegetables? That's a very good question, Brent. Good, good or bad? Well, if you're starving and you have nothing else to eat, it's a good thing. In general, no, because they're packed in a sugar, salt, brine, and many of them do. Many of them, even though they're canned, do have preservatives in them. And what are they packed in? the The lining of that metal is a is most of the time a plasticized lining that that in itself dissolves into your canned foods and you consume it. <laughs> so that's not so good. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that you're, you give me a good reason to avoid that probably. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But it's hard to have that good um, uh, French cut green bean mushroom thing with, uh, you know, 
Green bean almond bean. Great go yeah. right for Thanksgiving. I'm going to have a bunch of it <laughs> Christmas time here, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's those those are the things that that you can do. Um, and, and I I do urge you, and you know, I hate to kind of refer you to the internet and whatnot. But if you if you do kind of peruse the internet, you can really find good foods. I mean, I have a whole list of anti-inflammatory foods. There's 20 different foods that that one should consume to reduce the overall inflammation in your system. And inflammation is something we're going to get to in a little bit here about why you want to reduce inflammation. In fact. All of what I have said about producing a healthy microbiome leads to reducing and minimizing the inflammation in your system because it's inflammation that causes disease. And we'll talk about that in a future segment. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm, my brain's still on food. <clears throat> sure. what, what about frozen vegetables? Frozen are very good. In fact, because we live in the Northland here, we can't get fresh veggies and fresh fruit all the time. And the problem is, is that in order to get you fresh wintertime uh, fruit, so to speak, they are picked just before ripening. And then they're put in a nitrogen-based uh, environment, sent in a cool setting, sent to us so they're not broken down and rotted and soft and whatever. And then we buy them, they look fresh, great. Hey, this is healthy for us. The reality in that situation, however, is that if those farmers were to allow their fruits to ripen. It's that last couple days of ripening that creates all the beneficial esters and compounds, the polyphenols, that actually are healthy for us. So if you're going to get the healthiest fruit out there, get fresh frozen fruits. Oh, oh, fresh frozen. Okay. Well, once again, this is just a my brain is getting fuller by the minute here, but this is wonderful. So we'll come back again next week, and we'll continue on with the five pillars with Dr. Eric. Thank you so much for being with us Thank today. Thank you very much, Debbie.